Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Welcome one and all to this Bach Sunday, wherein twice or so a term we offer a word and music duet, sermon and cantata together. Research and experiment are central to the work and to the strategic plan of the university and find their echo and reflection here at Marsh Chapel, particularly in this unique novel order in worship. Let us worship God together in word and in song, in instrument and in chorus, in spirit and in truth. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Let us pray. 
Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 130 with the Antiphon. I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Glory to you, O Lord. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five talents more. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. 
I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you are a harsh man, reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you do not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Ponder, beloved, Jesus' parable of the talents. One still hears the mystical reverberation of it from William Sloan Coffin in his very first sermon at Riverside Church, autumn 1977, who preached magnificently upon it then and concluded by singing, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Life is a gift which inspires continuous giving, says the Lord. Talents are meant to be shared, says the Lord. What we have and who we are, we are meant for us to invest in the future, says the Lord. And this means risk. There is risk, always there is risk in investment. The risk is real and should be reasonable and can be managed, but it is risk still. All walks of life, including yours and mine, involve real reasonable, manageable risk. So let us apply the lesson, you and I, to our own lives and work. As Oliver Wendell Holmes said of a sermon he once heard, I listened and then I applied it to myself. This morning in particular, let us think about those faithful people who preceded us at Marsh Chapel, many now glistening as angels in the heavenly church triumphant, to whom the Lord may have said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the Master. As now Bishop Ken Carter said about this parable as our guest in this pulpit a dozen years ago, we hear themes of patience and trust in the Gospel from Matthew today. The Master, who can be interpreted either as God or as Christ, gives the generous gift of a talent or a large sum of money to each of his slaves. Now, we could just take the talent at face value as a story about sound financial investment, but instead, let us consider Jesus as the master and the talent as the good news of Jesus Christ entrusted to Christians after Jesus' death, but before his promised return. The lesson we learn from the third slave is that What is given to us from God, or even through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, what is entrusted to us is not meant to be hidden away as some sort of secret, but rather is meant to be shared with others. We are meant to share what is good, to share the good news of Christ with others. Or as our colleague, the Reverend Dr. Jessica Chica said once, preaching on this parable, God entrusts us with this message, and we, in turn, place our trust back in God. Dr. Jarrett, the gospel rings out to us in Matthew, but also in Bach's own chosen text for today's beautiful cantata, Psalm 130, De Profundis, Out of the Depths. For what shall we listen upon this majestic 
mystical Lord's Day. One of Bach's earliest vocal works, Cantata 131, draws almost exclusively on Psalm 130 for its text. There are two chorales, uh, two chorale verses layered within the two solo movements of the cantata, but otherwise, Bach sets each line of text with its own motivic and melodic properties. Even at a young age and with little to no experience composing in the genre, Bach reveals his considerable skills in musical form, structure, symmetry, and contrapuntal textures. Of the roughly five sections, the first, third, and fifth movements feature the full vocal and instrumental ensemble. And each of these three movements contains two sections, the first more syllabic and homophonic, moving to a second section characterized by polyphony, fugues, melismas, and other hallmarks of contrapuntal maturity. The second and fourth movements feature solo baritone and tenor, respectively. The most interesting feature here, these movements, is the elegant layering of the chorale tune, sung by sopranos in the baritone aria and then altos in the tenor aria. The musical effect is not unlike hearing a chorale prelude on the organ, with newly composed material ostensibly in the foreground, and then the chorale tune on a solo stop entering variously over the course of the piece. Because both soloists and the chorale singers employ texts, the layering takes on a theological, even mystical, purpose. One hears the chorale tune almost as an afterthought, a hazy, aural image whose presence is more subliminal than obvious. Is it evocative? Is it sentimental? Is it nostalgic, clarifying, or troubling? And here is the wonder of Cantata 131. From the hands of a 22-year-old Johann Sebastian Bach, the music colludes with the psalmist phrase by phrase, finding each of us in our own depths, our own melancholy or despair. And phrase by phrase, our faith is renewed, restored, revived, as we wait upon the Lord, assured of his mercy and plenteous redemption. You'll identify with the sincerity, the doubt, or the dolor of the fourth movement. I know how long I'm supposed to wait, but, but how long? How long until God's mercy and redemption flow like a river? Just how long until justice rolls down like water? How long do I have to wait? And then, like a splash of cold water, Bach answers with three marble columns in the three opening measures of the last movement, each calling, Israel, Israel, and then a third, Israel. Worried frenzy interrupted and the posture of devotion resumed. Hope in the Lord, for in the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. The final verse surges off the pages, the promise of redemption as the refiner's fire in ascending chromatic tones, or the wellspring of the Holy Spirit in 16th note melismas on the word for redeem, erlösen. However deep, However low, the assurance of pardon, mercy, redemption, a new day, a second chance. This is the hope of the Word, the Word made flesh, the Word of the Lord that endures forever. Longer and outlasting those of us that wait and hope in the Lord. Beloved, Faith does not exclude us from calamity, but faith prepares us to fight it. Faith does not give us the capacity to understand always, but it does give us the courage to withstand. Faith is not an answer to every question, but it is a living daily question of ultimate concern. Faith in God is faith in God, not another creaturely being. And our faith in God is cruciform, faith in the crucified God who has chosen to make our vulnerable condition his own. I know that the early church rejected Petropassianism, the teaching that in the suffering of Jesus on the cross, God the Father also suffered. The church rejected it, but barely, but barely. 
and developing the capacity to meditate on profoundly unanswerable questions of human suffering is why, is why three times a fall, some years ago, a thousand of us used to go and listen carefully to Elie Bissell. Faith does not protect us from calamity, though it does weave us together into the shared human experience and history of loss. Hence the dire need for salvation offered us in musical, mystique, scriptural grace, the quiet of a Sunday liturgy, a restoration that may be to our own rightful minds. For as citizens of both country and globe, we weep, we weep in this autumn of conflict and tragedy, and so come Sunday, mightily benefit to hear the truth, goodness, and beauty of the morning's word and music, scripture and song. It may be that the dark struggles of this year, this autumn, over time, may make us both more human and more humane. Let us pray so. My friend grew up in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. She remembers seeing Reithold and Ursula Niebuhr there when he, at the end, was convalescing following a stroke. Her mother made sure she knew who he was, Niebuhr, who had written The Irony of American History. When he died in 1970 and was buried out of that village congregational church, his eulogy, do you remember who gave it, was delivered by Rabbi Abraham Heschel, he who wrote one of the finest theological sentences ever to emerge in American English. The sentence begins with the word different and ends with the word same, and its musical balance and cadence recall us to our rightful humanity, our rightful mind. Different are the languages of prayer, but the tears are all the same. Different are the languages of prayer, but the tears are all the same. Different are the languages of prayer, but the tears are all the same. Amen.
Thank <laughs> you. 
wait the Lord, my soul waits, and I hope in his word. My soul waits for the Lord from one morning watch to the other. Please join me in thanking the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium under the direction of Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett for their musical offering this morning. with gladness bring before the Lord the first of the fruit of the everything that God has given us. Everything in heaven and earth belongs to you. We joyfully release what you have entrusted to us. May these gifts be signs of our whole lives, returned to you, dedicated to the healing and unity of all creation. Through Jesus Christ. Amen.
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and always. Amen.